Hello. This is weird, isn't it? I'm supposed to be over there, and I've been replaced with a dust cover. Uh, thank you, Richard, for trailing my boring and unstimulating talk. So thank you for staying in the room and not going to the kids' ministry. I think if, if you don't know Richard, he is, of course, married to the youth and children's worker, so he is legally and morally obliged to say that session is better than this one. But thank you. <laughs> thank you for sticking with me. Um, it's really great to see you. Uh, you may be legitimately asking, who am I and what am I doing here? Well, my name is Mark. I'm married to Holly, who's the youth minister here, and father to our hilarious and wild children, Evelyn and Reuben. And I often lead worship here at the, the 9.30. We've been part of the church for about five years now, and I am regularly shepherding our children around and about as Holly leads and runs activities for the young people and their parents. One such example was uh, two weeks ago when Holly and Reuben went to a birthday party and Evelyn and I uh, decided to go for a cycle ride. And we are teaching our kids to cycle at the moment. We're in the throes of that. And if any parents have done that, you know the great pain and emotional suffering that we're going through as we try and do that. Um, but Evelyn learned to cycle her bike in the pandemic uh, because there wasn't much to do. She learned it in two weeks. Um, I could give you a whole story about my son, Reuben, who, and his steadfast refusal to learn and progress, but that, we're going to park that for another talk. This is about Evelyn and her success at riding a bike. So Holly and Reuben go off to a birthday party, and Evelyn is particularly excited about coming for a cycle ride with me, because when we go together, she gets to go on the road. Right. When she goes with Reuben, she's not allowed on the road because Reuben has to be on the path. We have to hold him, but Evelyn and me, we get to go on the road. So we decide to go off to Pistachios to have a bit of a, just a hangout. We'll get some snacks. And so we kind of get on our bikes and have a settle off. And with her in front of me, me behind, kind of calling out uh, useful tips such as, Evelyn, tuck in, please. The car is coming right towards you. And Dodge the horse poo. Dodge the horse poo. Not through the horse poo, Evelyn. There's a lot of horse poo on Covert's Lane, as I'm sure you know if you live around here. Um, but eventually we arrive at Pistachios. We, we buy some snacks, of course. Um, other establishments are available. And we have a slushy, of course, for Evelyn in the depths of autumn, because that's an appropriate type of drink to have. And we sit and we just chat about everything and nothing. And it's a really lovely time of enjoying one another's company. But before long, uh, time is getting on, and I'm conscious we need to get back and prepare the lunch and, and get the house ready for Holly and Reuben's return. Uh, does Evelyn want to cycle back? No, Evelyn does not want to cycle back. But being the sophisticated operator that she is, she proceeds to distract me with everything else that's going on in the park by, for example, pointing out the dog training school that's going on in the center of the wreck. So off we go, look at the dogs, which ones we want to stroke the most, which one's the cutest. Oh, the park, yeah, it's not quite open yet, is it, Evelyn? Should we go, when is it going to be open? Read the sign. And all the time, I am increasing in volume and intensity, reminding her that we really should get back on our bike, get on the road, and get home. So with that in mind, I'm going to try and unpack the historic and no doubt significant for many of us, Psalm 23, as we continue our series on who he is, the names of God, and what we can learn about his character through those names, our relationship to him, 
and how we might share him in word and action with others. Last week, we looked at Yahweh Sidkenu, which was the Lord is my righteousness, which you can make out there on the screen. And this week is Yahweh Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. So I'm going to just open with a quick prayer. God, thank you for the many ways in which you reveal your nature to us. And as we draw close to you this morning and call you by name, would you reveal more of your nature to us? Blessed be your name. Amen. So today we're going to hopefully understand three things. The first point is that God meets all of our needs. The second is that God calls us to rest and to go. And finally, how the fulfillment of this aspect of God's character is made known. I'm going to just take a moment to read Psalm 23 again. It's very short, and I'm sure you were all paying attention vividly to my wife reading it earlier. But if you could just take a moment now to to hear those words again as I read this to you. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Such beautiful, clear, simple, and accessible language. We all know what green pastures are, especially here in Claygate. We all know what quiet waters are. There is little to misunderstand. We don't know exactly when this psalm was written, by King David, but it's often attributed to being towards the end of his life and his reign as king. So the tone is very reflective and peaceful. And imagine with me, if you will, an older, wiser king sitting in his palace, looking out over his kingdom and remembering with fondness his childhood vocation as a shepherd. The psalm is split in half, with the first half focusing on God is the divine shepherd, providing sovereign guardian care. And the second half, as the Lord of the feast, the host of hosts, preparing a joyous celebration to which we are invited as guests and to dwell also in his house. We're going to focus on the divine shepherd aspect at the start. So my first point that I wanted you to just think about with me is that Yahweh-Rohi meets all of our needs. And we can understand this by looking at the imagery choices that David makes in Psalm 23. Now imagine with me, again, something different this time, the the scalding hot Judean desert. Tricky to imagine with the rain going on outside, I appreciate, but stick with me. Imagine the desert, the, the hot desert that David would have walked through as a young shepherd. The sun's rays are piercing the atmosphere like swords. 
and the ground burns every foot, be it sandaled or cloven hoof, as it makes its way along its journey. What can we learn about how the need of rest is considered first? Maybe I'm putting too much uh, emphasis on the flow of the psalm, but I do think it's interesting that David chooses to kind of, after summarizing the whole psalm in the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, he then begins to talk about rest. What can we learn from that? Well, I think we can learn, as we know from the wider Bible, that in this world we will have trouble. We will often be called and required to travel through deserted, barren landscapes, dryness, stillness. But to fear not, Yahweh Rohi has overcome the world. Yahweh Rohi understands that we have physical needs and he meets them. He knows where the green pastures are and can lead us to them. And when we are there, he knows how to make us, the stubborn sheep, lie down in there and take rest. He will bless us with rest that we might enjoy him and his blessings. Our outward physical needs are met by him, but deeper than that, our, our spiritual needs. In verse 3, it says our souls are refreshed by him in a way that we can find nowhere else. There's nothing else in this world, in this universe, that can satisfy our spiritual souls, our need for something more than just the physical, than Yahweh Rohi. This beautiful short psalm hangs on a well-defined structure. It has the follower as I was to Evelyn on the, on the bike ride, and the one who is being followed. Someone who needs to lie down and someone who enables the lying down. Someone in need of water and someone who leads them to the water. We are the sheep in need of the divine shepherd's care. He knows our needs and he meets them. We lack nothing, verse 1, because of Yahweh Rahi. My second point is that God calls us to rest and to go. Now, I recognize this is not a particularly earth-shattering point. It's kind of an obvious sentence. We can't be resting and going at the same time. Uh, but it is, I think, interesting to consider what uh, David has unpacked in this time about that because I feel we can, we can both idolize rest and work. We can idolize the need to be doing, and the need to not be doing. So let's just consider for a minute what Psalm 23 tells us about that. Well, it tells us that we have, there is a temporal, a time-based call and response. Yahweh Rohi meets our need, and then there is a forward look, our response to that. We are led beside quiet waters, and as a result, our souls will be refreshed. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the darkest valley as we are in it, we will fear no evil because we know Yahweh Rohi is with us. He comforts us with his rod and his staff. We are refreshed 
We do not, we do not get stuck in the valley. We do not get lost in inactivity and stagnation beside the quiet waters. We are led through, from rest, through sorrow, through joy, through peace, onwards, onto something else. Are you journeying through a desert today? How long has it been since you last allowed the good divine shepherd to make you lie down in green pastures, you stubborn sheep? Maybe you're working in the health or care sectors right now or caring for someone. Jobs that demand a lot from people. And we know how demanding people can be. Come and find rest and enjoy him in the green pastures today. Now we know that that is not all of us. Some of us, if we're honest, have, have had many of our earthly needs met. Some of us, if we're honest with ourselves, and I will deliberately not make eye contact with anyone as I say this, are satisfied to chase after these blessings, to receive them, and then to now spend time wandering around the green pastures looking for reasons to stay, just like Evelyn did. We are drinking deep from the spiritual slushy maker, unwilling to go back and get on the bike and get on the road again. We've made it through the desert. Shouldn't we just stay here in the safe green pastures, enjoying our safety? It's scary back in the desert. It's hot. It's barren. We don't know when we're going to find a new green pasture. What are we missing out on? Well, I think the psalm is, is clear with this in, in verse 3. Why are we led to rest? Are we left there? No. We're not. We, are, we rest in order to go. Yahweh Rohi leads us from the place of rest and guides us along the paths of righteousness. Present tense. He guides continually. Yes, our blessings and our times of rest are to be enjoyed. And we cannot fully utilize the blessings that God gives us if we do not spend time to enjoy them. But they are not an end. We can be suckered in by the gentle, reflective, pastoral language of Psalm 23 and miss the onward call to glorify, to glorify him. How do we glorify? By going, by doing, by serving, by giving, by loving, by submitting to the call of the divine shepherd. Are you wanting to glorify God today? Are you hungry for more? Do you want to deepen your relationship with him and bring, his, bring him glory, make his name great in Claygate and in your wider communities? Come and glorify him today. Come and build his house and serve his people. My final point is what the fulfillment of Yahweh Rohi in Jesus Christ means. We cannot know everything about God, and yet he chooses to make himself known. 
in ways. And Yahweh Rohi is one such revelation of that. It is not a revelation of a fact or a name label, such as you know, how many arms does he have, what color is his hair, anything like that. It's a, it's a revelation of our relationship to him and how we might share him with others in word and in action. God is the same God throughout the whole Bible. The revelation of the person of Jesus Christ fulfills in a tangible, relatable, understandable way the character and nature of God. Yahweh Rohi is not God the Father is my shepherd. It's not Jesus Christ is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The triune, trinitarian, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit God is our shepherd. Jesus, of course, knows this. And we have the revelation in John chapter 10 of Jesus as the good shepherd. I'm just going to pick out a couple of verses from that now. So John chapter 10, verse 3, Jesus who is here is talking about himself. He says, the sheep listens to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Leads them out. Verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I, Jesus, am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. This passage is so good, and I could just keep reading that and end there. But do you understand? Do you see? Do you see that David's experience of God as Yahweh Rohi in Psalm 23 and the revelation of Jesus as the Good Shepherd in John chapter 10 are the same and are made known to us by the Holy Spirit? Do you see the loving protection of the God who knows you by name, who will lay down his life for you. He is not a hired hand. He's not going to run away at the sign of the wolf. And there are wolves out there on planet Earth today. He will lay down his life for you. He has laid down his life for you. Do you know that today? We're going to respond shortly in worship. And I encourage you during that time to do two things. I encourage you to, to come forward for prayer first. Are you burnt out? Do you need to come enjoy him? Do you need to be led into green pastures today? then come for prayer. Come and enjoy him now. Are you thirsty for more? Are you in need of guidance along the right paths? Are you hungry to bring him glory? Then come for prayer.
Come and pray. We will bless you and we will speak to you about how you can get involved in building his house and serving his people today. And also I encourage you to reflect upon verse 6. Verse 6, which is, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Reflect in this time of response about how his goodness and love have followed you so far. And hear the voice of the good shepherd as he calls you by name today. Amen.